Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. of the Hidden Yardage Podcast, Sean Martin here, not with Mark Lane, he is on injured reserve for the week, making him the second most watched this week in the Dallas area, so Mark Lane, a fantastic blog in the and David gets to join us after a fourth consecutive Dallas Cowboys win, it is four in a row, for Cooper Russ, you heard when Christy Scales, our sideline reporter, was on. With the Giants in during Giants week, after a win, as the Cowboys go into Los Angeles, and they see plenty of friendly fans, plenty of Cowboys fans made the trip to the brand new, of course, SoFi Stadium, and that is where the Cowboys defeat the Rams, twenty-two to ten, to again go to four and one on the same day where. The Giants were the opening game of the entire Sunday slate. The Giants are playing Green Bay in London, and they got a big win there overseas to go to 4-1 and one themselves. So the NFC East certainly looking strong, and the Cowboys trying to prove that they can be the best of the best once again. And they've, they've made a strong case for it, considering that they're getting all of this done without Dak Prescott, and they're, they're leaning on this defense once again, which is the big story for how they held down the Rams to just 10 points. 22 to 10. Welcome to another Victory Monday, David. Yeah, it's it's a great feeling. I'm uh, always happy when the Cowboys win. Absolutely. So they got started in this game, of course, in a big way on the defensive side of the ball with Matt Stafford taking a sack to, um, to Dorrance Armstrong. Forced fumble to Marcus Lawrence, picks it up, goes into the end zone, sage of the Washington game at home from last year with those two being able to force a fumble and get in the end zone. Of course, this wasn't quite the blowout that that game was, but the Cowboys did already beat the Commanders once this season last week, so part of the win streak going on right now. Demarcus Lawrence goes into the end zone. Cowboys get a 6 nothing start as the extra point was mishandled a bit, of course, but 6 nothing start, and you know from there, it really felt like the defense, you know, more so than even any other point in this win streak, was ready to just make any points stand up in this game. They certainly gave up their big plays, but I thought tackling this is one of the most sound games of the season. Shutting down the run game is so important. Everyone thinks of the pass game first when you think Stafford and McVay, but that really is a run-first offense that McVay wants to to run. And when, when they get the run game going, I mean, it's almost impossible to stop this Rams team. So the Cowboys did not allow the Rams to do much of anything on the ground. They were playing from ahead. Stafford is pressured by a, you know, let's say maybe a 50% or even worse Mika Parsons as far as his health or how he was feeling out there. But it turns out Parsons at half strength is better than most pass rushers at full strength because he was getting it done along with, of course, Lawrence and Armstrong. And the interior rush, I thought, was very good as well. Guys like Odigi Zua and Sam Williams really made a difference getting in the face of Stafford 
to the point where, again, the Cowboys' defense seemed like from the jump they were ready to make almost any points stand up in this game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was another great showing for the defense. They've been just on a tear lately. Um, and a lot of it starts up front with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence um, and also Dorrance Armstrong, who, um, you know, in the offseason after after Randy Gregory uh, parted ways with the Cowboys and they brought back Dorrance Armstrong, a lot of people were kind of low on on the value that Dorrance could have. I think so far he's absolutely been proving his worth. And realistically, he just never really got much of a shot in the past because they had Randy Gregory and now he's showing what he can do. Um, you know, you talked about on on that first drive, both Armstrong and Lawrence, they just blew by the tackles. Armstrong's the one who gets the sack. And then Lawrence was right there for for the fumble recovery because, you know, he got off so quickly too. Um, and that's really because Parsons is having such a hot start to the season and he's just so dominant, it's opened up more things for all these other defenders. Um, they're getting more favorable one-on-one matchups and um you know, it's, it's helping in the pass rush, obviously, and but also like you hinted at, it's helping with the run defense too because this run defense has had some struggles in, in recent weeks. But, you know, Sean McVay loves to run the ball and they haven't been able to get it going and they weren't able to get it going today either. Um, you know, they, they averaged two and a half yards per carry in this game, which is just, just terrible. Um, so when you look at how the Rams only scored 10 points in this game, a big part of it comes down to how they were able to stop the run. Yeah, this game felt like a bit of a turning point for the defense. Where like all season we've seen, you know, them keep the team in the game. Of course, with Cooper Rush out there at quarterback, and we've seen them. You have to put them on their back. But this felt like a turning point where they really had to put the team on the back. And you know, the offense, you couldn't expect too much from them. It was ball management. It was get a couple first downs, run some clock, things like that. But you certainly weren't expecting, you know, just by the way the game flow was going, too many big plays from this offense, but the defense didn't get rattled by that. Even when they gave up big plays of their own, the Cowboys defense came into this game giving up the most explosive running plays and the highest percent of explosive run plays in the league, and they certainly clamped that down to the stat you just gave. I went back and looked since week one. You know, the NFL defines an explosive run as anything over 10 yards. I decided to look at any anything over 20 yards, both in the passing game or the run game, and it certainly looks a lot better for Dan Quinn's defense when you look at it like that especially this week. So week one against Tampa Bay, three passing plays to Tom Brady over 20 yards, but none on the ground. Week two against the Bengals, Joe Burrow. We know that offense struggled out of the gates a bit, but still could turn it on at any point. And they did there in the fourth quarter to almost steal that game at AT&T Stadium, but it wasn't enough. And they, they, they had no plays at all in that game of 20 or more yards. Week three, Saquon Barkley had one for the air, one on the ground. But the Cowboys got a Monday night win at the Giants. In our last week, three plays total that were over 20 yards that they allowed. And then today, again, more on the extreme side of the yardage that you gave up, you know, the Cooper Cup, 75-yard touchdown was a back-breaking play. It was kind of an awkward spot where Donovan Wilson got caught. It was that deep safety position. He's kind of been best as a second-level linebacker-type defender. So having to come from covering ground at that safety spot to possibly make that tackle didn't work out. As Trayvon Diggs also was caught in the spot, you know, having to cover from the slot which isn't really his thing. So the Cowboys got burned there for a 75-yarder, but when they gave up 54-yarder to 2-2 Atwell, they was uh, they were able to hold the Rams to a field goal, and Cam Akers' the longest run of the game was just 13 yards. So the big plays were there, but the Rams' offense certainly never got comfortable, and we owe it to that pass rush uh, as to why you know Matt Stafford was affected all game long, and he threw that interception to Moe Cooker to end the game. 
Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there of, of those those big explosive plays that the Rams had, um, uh, or the, the lack thereof, really. Because if you look at those two plays, the 2-2 Atwell um, big pickup through the air that set up that field goal, and then Cooper Cup's catch and run for the 75-yard touchdown. Um, I just ran the math. That's that's almost 40% of their total yards throughout the game came on those two plays, and they both came in the first half. So, um, you know, they, they scored 10 points, but it entire that entire point total came on those two plays and they never really they never really had any other sustained drives that that made it really even close to to being in scoring position and they had that one field goal that they missed which was um set up uh with with a good punt return so it was just a really really rough day for the rams offense and they've been struggling lately and um you know going into this game i kind of felt like uh, Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford were going to wake up against this defense, even though they've Dallas has a great pass rush. Um, you know, I, I thought that this was going to be a game where they were going to get things clicking again, and they were going to be able to look like the Rams that went and won the Super Bowl last year. So I was very surprised uh, and encouraged to see that that did not happen, and this defense really looks like they're for real. So we're getting to the point now in the season where there's roughly enough you know, sample size out there. There's enough common opponents between some of these teams where you can kind of grade these wins and where some of these teams are at. So, you know, how much do you, the Rams are now two and three after this loss on Sunday. You know, how much still can you buy into, you know, what this Cowboys team is doing? We know everyone's going to try to discredit, you know, the fact that they're doing it for us or they can't hold on or this finger the next that McCarthy will just make, you know, bulletin board material and he says something along the lines of, you know, where nobody's underdogs or something like that. So, you know, I still certainly, and I think you feel this way as well, you know, as you just said, Stafford and McVeigh are enough of a name in this league where you put the league on notice if you held them down to 10 points in a home game, and that's exactly what just happened. So how much do you think this is a kind of signaling win for the Cowboys as a whole to say, you know, yeah, Brady got us in week one, and look what they were doing now. They're off to a roll, so that doesn't, that loss doesn't look as bad. And, you know, the Bengals, when you beat them, maybe it was, oh, well, it's a Super Bowl hangover. The Bengals aren't going to be good. That's not a good win. Well, now the Bengals are finally starting to look a little bit better. So these Cowboys wins are looking better and better. Even the divisional wins, you know, last year it was easy to scoff at them, and that ended up being the case is you won a pretty weak division and it didn't really prepare you for that playoff game against the 49ers. But now the division is strong, and you've passed your test of a backup against the Giants and the Commanders, and the Eagles are on deck. But for now it's the Rams, like I said, big names and – Stafford and McVay, how much does this signal to the rest of the league that, you know, this is a really legitimate win that the Cowboys should be taken even more seriously than they were at three and one after four and one? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's definitely a message of some sort. I don't know if it's necessarily the Cowboys full on announcing themselves to the league, but um, I mean, this is a good Rams team, and you know, you, you've seen some flashes here and there throughout their games where they, you know, they they still look like they have the potential to become that team again that we saw last year. Um, obviously the big play to Cooper cup, um, you know, and Stafford has had some, some big throws. The run game kind of had a few moments early on today where, or yesterday where, um, where uh, it looked like it was getting going again. It looked like Cam Akers was looking like his old self before the Cowboys kind of put the clamps back on. And uh, then the Cowboys, they just, they tightened up and, and they got it done. So um, I, I think though, really with the Cowboys right now, the question that I have is how much is going to change when Dak Prescott does come back. And 
we don't know yet if, if he's going to be coming back next week against the Eagles or if it'll be after that. But um, they've done such a good job on offense of of really playing to the strengths that they do have as opposed to putting everything on Cooper Rush. Uh, and a, a big part of that is their run game has really gotten going. Um, Cooper Rush has gotten good chemistry with, with Noah Brown, with Michael Gallup when he came back last week. Um, but this isn't really an offense yet that is that can – go out and score the points when they really need to score points. You know, if, if, if the defense wasn't playing as well as it was and they were in a shootout, I wouldn't be as confident. And that might be a situation next week against an Eagles team that is the only undefeated team left in the NFL as of right now. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just curious, are they going to, when Dak gets back, are they going to abandon the run? Are they going to start putting more on Dak's shoulders or are they going to go with what's been working and then also just add in the fact that now they have a more expansive set of pass plays that they can run? Um, I think if they go with that option and if they're, if they're able to have Dak make a really good return back to what we know him to be, then that could be a moment where this Cowboys team pairs a really great defense, a special teams that unit that comes up with big plays. Uh, and then has a really explosive and efficient offense, and they can really announce themselves as one of the teams to beat in the NFC as we enter uh, enter the second stretch of the season. Well, the Cowboys' emphasis on the run game has certainly worked out. You would expect that it would continue. I would think, you know, when Prescott's back on the center, especially the way that they've ran the ball, you know, the looks that they've gotten, they're able to disguise their play action so well off of some similar looks that they're also able to hand the ball off to Elliott and Pollard with Pollard with. The second, uh, second longest touchdown of his career in this game. He goes 57 yards in the second quarter off tackle, and this is proven all year long that when you get him out in space, he could be one of the most dangerous players in the NFL. This league is such a copycat league when it comes to offense, and everybody saw what the 49ers and Debo Samuel did, not only to the Cowboys in the playoffs last year, but throughout their entire playoff run and what he's doing again this year. And You know, the hot thing was, oh, does every offense have that Debo gadget type of player? And, you know, the Cowboys haven't quite used Pollard as a, you know, full full scheme to gadget player. You know, there's more that he can certainly do. Or he could just do what Elliott does and run between the tackles, and he does just fine with that. So they've certainly found a role for him that way. And he has the 57-yarder to open this game up in the second quarter. Yeah, and I, I think another another important factor there is that they've been, they've been getting production out of both Zeke and Pollard uh, at a fairly balanced rate. Um, I know the last two games Zeke has had more significantly more carries than Pollard, but um, but they've been they've been able to use Pollard in such a way that he gets those big explosive runs. He gets that 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 huge touchdown run today uh, or yesterday. Sorry, um, I don't know what day it is, but uh, but they they've had a really good balance of Zeke is kind of that more of that uh, that sturdy between the tackles kind of guy. And Pollard is the more explosive player who can pick up those big chunk plays. And, you know, in, in previous seasons, it seems like we've always been railing against the Cowboys for uh, at times going away from Pollard too much. And it seems like they, they just want to feed Zeke. They just want to make sure that, um, that they get their money's worth because they're paying him so much. And while you can definitely still see that he is the top dog in that running back room. And I don't think that's going to change until his contract situation changes. Uh, they've definitely gotten Pollard more involved and, and this has looked like a much more balanced running game between Zeke and Pollard. And that's, that's been really encouraging to see. And it's been a huge reason why they've 
been able to lean on that running game so much through these first few games. Offensively, I don't think much, you know, change for the Cowboys in this game. You saw Cooper Russ just do what he's done best and manage things, get the ball to his playmakers. He even still had to deal with some drops from guys like C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, but then they bounced back and were able to make plays for him. Gallup, of course, that big acrobatic catch on third and long that set up a scoring drive. So the latest update on Prescott came this morning, perhaps when some Cowboys fans, on Sunday morning, I should say, and that's when Cowboys fans were getting ready to maybe turn on the London game and watch the Packers try to beat the Giants and give them some separation in the division. That, of course, didn't happen, but we saw the update. At this point, we all have from Ian Rappaport, NFL Network. It says the Cowboys aren't ruling out Dak Prescott for next week's game at Philadelphia, but the quarterback is still regaining grip strength and will need to make significant strides to be ready to return from his fractured right thumb. Her sources, his surgery was on September 12th, of course. Timeline, four to six weeks. Monday would be four weeks uh, since the surgery, and Prescott has another doctor's appointment, and, of course, all the updates to follow here at bloggingtheboys.com when that happens on Tuesday. So looking ahead now, you know, the Cowboys, they still feel great about Cooper Russ. This this is the game we all circled, I feel like, where if the bubble was going to boast on, you know, how far this team could go with him, it was probably this one, of, you know, another true road test. I don't think anybody was too worried about the Giants, even though that was a road test. That was a primetime game, but, you know, the Giants have proven a formidable opponent right now, but Defensively, they didn't do a whole lot to slow down Cooper Ross the Rams. whole new set of problems. You saw Aaron Donald you know, getting after Tyler Smith and really making this game hard at times, but you still put it in the win column and still have to possibly have that same confidence that Russ can do some of those same things against an Eagles team that stayed undefeated on Sunday as well. Yeah, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that game ends up playing out because – uh, I, I mean, I hold the unpopular opinion that the Eagles are not as good as their record indicates. Um, and in, you know, in their game against the Cardinals this past week, um, you know, the Cardinals were driving down at the end of the game. They were down three and they got themselves in field goal position. And, uh, they, you know, they actually had a, a third and one and were in a very good spot to probably get a first down and, and maybe even go down for a touchdown. And then you know, Kyler Murray comes up and he spikes the ball. And it was just kind of a, just kind of a head went blank kind of moment for him. And so then they're in a situation where it's fourth and one, they had time to where they could have run more plays, but they went opted for the field goal. Um, For those who don't know, the Cardinals um, had a backup kicker that they were playing for that game because their starter uh, has been injured and the backup kicker misses the, misses the game, the game tying field goal Cardinals lose, but this was, this was a game that very easily could have ended up in overtime or potentially even being a loss for the Eagles and all of their other wins, you know, aside from that one have come against teams that for the most part have not looked like they are really all that great. So I'm, I'm really, I think that this upcoming game for the Cowboys and Eagles is going to be a really good test for both teams, not just for the Cowboys, but also for the Eagles. Um, Certainly going to be the best defense that they faced and I think it'll be very interesting to see, uh, you know, what what each team does to to kind of overcome the great pressure that they're going to face from each other's defenses. You're listening to the Hidden Yardage podcast. Son Martin here. You can find me on Twitter at Son Martin NFL. I'm chatting with David Hellman. Mark Lane is out for the week, but I have put my excellent sources as always that he will be back for Philadelphia week, which we're talking a little bit about now. David Howman is on Twitter at underscore DH44. 
underscore always good for some great Cowboys jokes and memes and analysis as well. So make sure you're giving him a follow along with all of our blogging the boys staff. I want to go back to the Rams game, of course. So one thing I mentioned was the offense, you know, it's kind of looked the same. They haven't had to change much and they're very confident in their scheme and Kellen Moore's earned all the rightful praise alongside Mike McCarthy. Defensively, I think some things did change in this game and for the better though. But one thing I brought up with Mark last week that I was excited to get his take on was, you know, almost felt like in his last couple of weeks before this game with the Cowboys defense, you know, you could almost tell when Dan Quinn had enough of giving up some big plays. Yeah, you know, they would call kind of a base lock. The pass loss, the front four wasn't getting home. And you could almost sense when those big blitzes were coming, and that's been this team's best lock. And he's almost had a call the last, maybe even because you don't have Prescott out there. But when you are putting up points at the expectation that, you know, Prescott will bring when he's out there with the offense, you know, maybe you can even play even more aggressively on defense, which is bad news for opposing offenses. You can almost feel when Dan Quinn in these last couple of weeks prior to this game was just trying to dial it up and pick his spots. But when it, you know, when he called it, it always seemed to work. This game, different story. I thought, you know, they sat back a little bit more. Again, the front four was getting home though, so that's always great to see if you can get pressure before. You don't need to change anything as far as blitzing, but Anthony Boyle and Van Der Es were making strong tackles. They made plays in coverage. Anthony Brown and Trevon Diggs on the boundaries are making tackles. So I thought that was a pleasant change from the way this team has played defense. And, you know, we, we know the narrative last year. I almost hate to bring it up again, but this team just got stale. This team got figured out and never really figured it out. And so now this year we're already seeing different ways to win. I mean, hell, we've seen four different ways to win with a backup quarterback. That's saying enough right there. But even within that, you know, defense has done so many different things and, Right off the top, you hit on Doran Armstrong being a guy who can move around. He can rush from either side or the A-gap. And Parsons, of course, does his thing moving around. So the defense, is, I think, against the Rams is, again, a big storyline. And even so, they showed a different you know, different type of way to play that might, might come in handy against the Eagles. You do want to be aggressive against Stalin Hurts, but you know he thrives on those easy throws to those big-bodied receivers. And you know those guys could certainly make plays if you, if you give them one-on-one coverage. So you might see a similar defensive game plan to what you saw this week for the Cowboys when you go into Philadelphia. Yeah, and another thing is I think um, this defense is is really, really deep too. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about obviously Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, and Dorrance Armstrong, but Dante Fowler has come in and he's made his presence known more than a few times. Sam Williams had a really good game uh, this week and, and he's had – some good moments in limited snaps. Uh, and then on the interior of the def- def- defensive line, uh, you know, Osa Adigizua and Neville Gallimore have both come up with sacks in each of the last two weeks. Uh, Quinton Bohan has been a really impactful uh, presence in the middle, especially against the run. And he was out for, for this, this week's game against the Rams. And they call up Carlos Watkins from the practice squad. He comes up and he didn't have necessarily any big splash plays where you were calling his name, but he played a very good game and he did he did what his job was. So they're very deep along the defensive line at linebacker. They've got uh, you know Van Der Esch, Barr. They've even got Jabril Cox, who everyone thought was going to be you know a, a real impact player this year. And they've brought him on a little slow because he was coming off that ACL tear, and they really haven't even needed him because Van Der Esch and Barr, and then Parsons when they play him at the off ball linebacker spot, they've been. They've been holding their own. Um, and then even in the secondary, we saw, you know, Deron Bland got the got the surprise start a week ago. He played well, came up with an interception. Israel Mukwamu was playing really well 
when Jaron Curse was out. So this is a defense that they have a lot of depth on all three levels. And so it's not even necessarily a case of like Micah Parsons has to be the guy or Demarcus Lawrence has to be the guy. It's great that they are, and it's great that they're so consistently dominating in these games, but they, you know, Dan Quinn has a lot of players to work with. And, you know, when you're talking about going against an Eagles offense that likes to, they, they like to run a pretty physical offense. They, they really try to wear out opponents and they run with a lot of tempo too. Um, you know, you're talking about, a defense that they're going to probably have to rotate some guys in. So it's nice to have that depth and know that they have guys that they can rely on. If some of the stars have to come out for a breather. Cowboy safety, Jaron Coach telling the Dallas media this week that he feels that a full strength, which the Cowboys are now at at safety, thanks to him returning, that they have the best group at that position group in the NFL. If you put Buffalo right up there with them as well, we know the Bills secondary is super athletic and, is holding teams down, and they got another huge win against the Steelers with Kenny Pickett getting the start for Pittsburgh today. A little quick shout-out since New Jersey always comes up when music, when Mark is on the show. Uh, I saw Kenny Pickett play back in high school. He was an unreal player on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, Of course, he's dropping dimes and running all over defenses and also uh, played next to linebacker slash safety hybrid type stuff for the defense there at Ocean Township and made some big hits as well. So, Good to see Kenny Pickett, of course, getting his shot, but not a great day for him in Buffalo today. The Bills worked great, but Cowboy safeties, you know, like I said, on the all-in-Cooper Cup touchdown, it was kind of an unfortunate situation where two players got caught out of position. You know, Wilson wasn't exactly at, at his best as that lone deep safety, but that's where you have a guy like Coase and Molly Cooker who made the game-ending inter- interception. And, you know, Coase back there, Everybody else that can play deep for this defense when it comes to you know Anthony Barr dropping in coverage, Leighton Vanderus. So that's what we might see more of against the Eagles, like you're saying. And that allows Wilson to go be that second-level defender where he's at his best. You even mentioned Duran Bland, who got some run against the Commanders, but Jordan Lewis is back in the lineup this week. You know, couldn't be matched up with Cup on that play, so the Rams exploited you there. But when Lewis was out there, he played well again in coverage in this game. So the depth on defense really showed out. And I thought, again, the defensive tackles really flashed more than they had all season long. That, that interior rush was getting the Stafford pretty good. And that's a big step to look for against not only the Eagles passing game, you can affect Hoots, but it is a quick passing game, so it's going to have to be more off the edge, you would think. But the Eagles running game as well. You want to be stout there in the middle with, you know, Bohanna wasn't out there today, but if you can get him back. If not, guys like Sam Williams and also Diggy Zilla certainly all look good on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I think that you know we were talking a little bit about how the Rams struggled to run the ball uh, against Dallas this week, um, and and that was that was a really positive development for Dallas because their run defense has had its moments of looking pretty leaky early this season. I think that the Eagles game is really going to be that first real test of of their run defense. How much have they shorted up? Um, was the game against the Rams a sign of things to come for Dallas or? Was it more just a case of a team that's already struggled to run the ball, just continuing to do it? Um, and and that's going to be, you know, the, the Eagles' M.O. is is running the ball. And then because they have Jalen Hurts and he's that dual threat, and because he's taken such a, such a leap forward as a passer this year too, it's just made their offense so dynamic because they are a run-first team. But when he pulls that ball out on the option – you know, he, he can run it and he can he can crush you for it, but he can also throw. And they run a lot of RPOs that, that really just expand that so much. So if the Cowboys aren't able to 
play the run well, especially if they don't have Quinn Bohana back. And of course, where you hope that he makes a quick recovery. Um, but if they're unable to to really stand up to that run, it's going to make life so much more difficult for him next week. Who to Miles Sanders of even attempts against the Cardinals and the Eagles. Week five win to go to five and zero, oh, twenty to seventeen. Hertz carried fifteen times, scored two touchdowns of sixty-one yards, and Sanders same fifteen attempts, fifty-eight yards, almost identical outputs there. But Hertz gets the two touchdowns, didn't throw for any, but completed twenty-six of thirty-six passes for a strong seventy-two point two percent completion percentage, two hundred and thirty-nine yards. So when you mention that read option type work, is this a week where you know, and we'll keep an eye on Parsons' health as well, just for all of this, but. Is this a week where Parsons is playing off the ball a little bit more and do you want him standing up to be able to read the edge a little bit better and not allowing Hurts and Sanders to get on the outside? And, you know, based on what you saw against the Rams, I think the answer right now at least is that you would, you know, if you do have to play Parsons in that type of role, do you trust the Armstrongs and the Fowlers of the world to go do what Parsons does off the edge and hold up, you know, with their hand on the ground? And so far they've proven that they can. So even Sam Williams and Odegizua, those guys as well. So... Is this final way to week where we see some more linebacker things from Parsons? I think it probably will be. Um, and we already saw a little bit of that with, with the Rams too. Um, you know, the, it looked like for the most part, they were having, you know, Micah Parsons play as an, more of a traditional off-ball linebacker on first and second down. Uh, and then when they got to those obvious passing situations, that's when they walked him up to the line of scrimmage. And that really kind of mirrored a lot of what he did last year. Um, and obviously we know how great he was last year, but so far this season until the Rams game, um, they have been using him much more as a pass rusher than they have as an off ball linebacker. Um, I think, I think with, with the threat that Jalen hurts poses, it makes a lot of sense to kind of have him further back off the line so that some of these, uh, some of these pulling guards and their tight ends that are very good at run blocking don't get their hands on Micah because that's when it makes it just a little bit harder for him in run defense. Cause then he has to read and react as opposed to just making a move and getting upfield. Um, so I think, uh, I think that's what we would expect coming from Dan Quinn, but he's also, you know, he's a wizard. So he's, he's going to be pulling something out that you don't expect and it'll probably work anyway is, is pretty much what we've come to expect from him. Talking with David Hellman from bloggingtheboys.com. So you're working hard all week long, of course, on the front page of our website, some of the articles being turned out. So tell the Cowboys fans listening here on this Victory Monday a little bit of what they can ex- what they can expect as you recap the Rams game, and then we'll all turn the page to, of course, Philly week, which gets pretty intense and heated. So we're all excited for that. Yeah, well, uh, well, first, uh, first I'll be taking a look at uh, some of the uh, – some of the plays that weren't necessarily the big flashy plays from from this game against the Rams, but that um, really came in and, and made a huge difference in the game, and were the kind of those ones that if if the ball bounces a different way, you know, maybe this game ends up differently. Um, and then, of course, breaking down how all the rookies performed, looking at Tyler Smith, how he did against Aaron Donald, drew a really big challenge. It's not easy for anyone, especially not a rookie. Um, and then. Uh, and then also doing uh, a weekly analytics roundup, looking at um, where the Cowboys rank in all of these advanced advanced analytics, looking at Cooper Rush and how he stacks up in things like QBR and EPA per play. Um, and, you know, I, I have a feeling, uh, you know, we, we still need a, a Monday night football, but I have a feeling the Cowboys are going to come out looking pretty darn good. 
especially after that performance against the Rams. Um, and then after that, it's a transition into, you know, Philly week and looking at the, the Eagles, what they do, uh, what kind of challenges they present and, you know, can the Cowboys win this game? Can they, you know, what kind of things do they need to do in order to give themselves a chance? Um, and, and what, you know, what threats do the Eagles have that, that they have to prepare for? Now, we have Cowboys fans from everywhere on our staff, which is always great to see. What, what is your home state? Uh, I'm from Oklahoma. I, I was from previously from Arizona and just moved moved here a few months ago. Got it. So, you know, when it was Giants week, we got my perspective on what it was like going up as a Cowboys fan in the Giants home state. And Philly week feels the same way, you know, because plenty of Philadelphia fans over New Jersey as well. So, you know, the south part of the state and then more north is the New York side. So you have all of that. So, you know, your perspective, though, as a Southern Cowboys fan, on which NFC East rivalry kind of means the most to you? Which one do you read the most into? You know, after next week, the Cowboys will have played all of their division rivals at least once this year. So we saw them against the Giants, and that was a lot of fun to go on the road for Monday Night Football and win with a backup quarterback against a team that, again, you know, today, for Sunday, proved that they're pretty good. They went and beat the Packers. So Giants, Brian Dable turning the page. You know, Mark says all the time on this show that he feels like they're a year away, and that's probably still accurate, but Right now, they're in the thick of this NFC East race at 4-1, and one, the Giants. Commanders, you know, struggling out of the gates again, and it was kind of pathetic watching their offense, you know, down there at the two-yard line today with three, three or four chances to punch it in for the win and ended up in a Carson Wentz interception to end that game. So that rivalry feels like it's faded a bit just because of what the Commanders, you know, brought to the table. Um, so Wentz continuing to struggle after what he did against the Cowboys last week and now we have Philly week. So just kind of your personal thoughts on what all these NFC East matchups mean and what you're looking forward to with the Sunday night game in Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I mean, it used to be Cowboys Cardinals for, for me, you know, growing up in Arizona and for a while, the Cowboys and Cardinals were in the same division. Um, and so it's always fun when, when the Cowboys do end up playing against the Cardinals because they have, uh, you know, sort of a, they, they get to relive that, that, what used to be in a division rivalry. Um, but I think looking at the NFC East, the, the team that that I always get the most excited to play is definitely the Eagles. And uh, I, th- I think a lot of that just has to do with how good the Eagles have been, you know, for the last, you know, 20 years or so, you know, they had, they had the Andy Reid years for a very long time and they were very, very successful there. Um, you know, then they had Chip Kelly and didn't quite work out, but then Doug Peterson came in and turned things around really quickly won them their first Super Bowl. And I think just whenever the Cowboys and Eagles play, there's just a, a more palpable feeling of, of hate between between the two teams. There's, um, you know, these, these teams just don't like each other and you can really tell. And that adds to some of the excitement of watching the game. And for the most part, they're usually pretty closely fought games to you. We've, we've had a couple blowouts one way or the other, but for the most part, it's usually a, a pretty tight game and, um, you never really know which way it's going to go. Whereas the Giants and, and the Commanders have both uh, stumbled a lot in the last few years. And I think that's kind of watered down some of the the excitement um, for, for the Cowboys fans uh, and definitely for me. Um, but the Eagles, I mean, every time when it's, when it's Philly week, I'm like, you know, we, we just, we got to beat these Eagles and got to get it done. And it's just losing to Philly always just leaves a really bad taste in your mouth. I don't know about you. 
Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah, I, you know, went to college with plenty of Eagles fans, even though I was in the north part of the state. You know, they came up from the South Philly area, and you know, were a part of that. So yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of heated Cowboys Eagles moments. And this week, it should have been no different. So let's end with this. You know, you mentioned that, and it's a perfect segue to how the expectations for Dak Prescott are only getting higher with each Cooper Rush win. But you know, what's being lost, I think, in all of that is how hard they were just coming into the season. You know, I don't think. How much it? I don't think it's changed in the sense that, you know, off season, the talk is about, you know, you're just looking at rosters on paper. You don't have games to go off of. Even the preseason, really nobody across the league played their starters, and the Cowboys were an extreme example of that. You know, we really saw nothing from their starters in the preseason. So the off season, off season just becomes long months of talking about, you know, theoreticals, hypotheticals, and what's happening on paper. And so everybody that can read a depth chart can look at the Cowboys and say. You know, oh man, this is a lot of pressure on Prescott. You know, who the hell is Noah Brown? Who, who are these receivers? You know, why is it just CDIM and a bunch of nobodies? You know, is Dalton Schultz ready to carry this thing? And all these question marks throughout the offense and, you know, all the way through the offensive line, too. So that, that expectation was already there and he handled it fine, you know, up until having to take the field against Tampa Bay, which felt like a lost cause just from the beginning, just based on the amount of hurdles he had to get over in that game. And Todd Bowles having that much time to you know scheme against he was such a good defensive coach you know that game got thrown out pretty quickly but I think we've lost sight at least personally that the expectations of Prescott were already there and you know yeah they might feel higher now but he was already at the point where he was handling them fine in terms of you know knowing that a lot of moving this offense is going to fall on his shoulders and maybe even watching from the sideline the last couple of weeks he's kind of learned some different things about you know how it doesn't have to just fall on him, though. He's seeing these receivers develop right in front of his eyes, and he's seeing the all-22 from the sideline and all these things. So you know, maybe in that way there's some pressure off of Prescott, but maybe just very slightly because, yes, it is going to be a lot of pressure on him no matter when he comes back. So if this is the week, Philly week, and the tension and the emotion of that, is it almost too much? And, you know, I know we've been saying, we've been echoing what the Cowboys have said the whole time, where when he's ready, he's going to play. So almost dangerous to be asking this, but if he is ready this week, but it's borderline, which feels like the best way to say how it is going to be right now, you know, do you hold him back another week and just continue to see what you have in Cooper Russ and then the schedule becomes favorable with the Bears and Lions on the horizon at home and, you know, back in your dome stadium for Prescott to make his return after that? Well, I think it, I I think the first question has to be, how do you define him being ready? Because, um, you know, Mike McCarthy has said a few times now, like part of the process with with bringing Dak back is making sure that they protect him from himself because he's such a competitor that, you know, he 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 probably would have gone out there two weeks ago if if it was entirely up to him because he just wants to be out there and he wants to play. Um, and so the question then becomes, you know, is it if he can grip the ball? But if he doesn't quite look like himself in practice when he's throwing the ball, if, if the passes are a little wobbly coming out, um, to me, that would mean that he's just not quite ready. Um, because, you know, right now it's it's a grip issue. So he has to be able to grip the ball without having pain. So he might be able to hold the ball, you know, and, and actually go through the, the motions of throwing the pass. But then it's a question of, can you do that, you know, 20, 30 times in a night while also getting hit? on some plays, you know, he obviously the offensive line wants to keep him clean, but 
the reality of the game is he'll probably get hit at least once. Um, so it, it becomes a, mat- a matter of can you grip the ball, throw it, and do it the number of times that we would need you to do in a game. So, um, you know, Mike McCarthy said last week that he wants to see Dak go through a full week of practice. I think that's probably, you know, a good way to handle it. He has to go through a regular week's worth of practice of, of taking the snaps, both shotgun and under center, um, throwing enough passes to where they feel comfortable, comfortable and confident in his ability to go out there and play like himself. Um, so, you know, if, if, if you see that this week and he's able to do that, which it doesn't sound like it will happen, but if that does happen, I think you put him out there. Um, and, you know, Dak is one of those guys that since the moment that he, that he got the start in his first career game as a, as a, a fourth round rookie, you know, he's excelled under pressure. So sending him out against the undefeated Eagles on Sunday night football um, if he's ready and if he's shown that he's ready in practice, I think that's a situation he's going to excel in. But if, you know, if, if there's any shred of doubt, I think you need to, you know, play it cautious because, you know, the, the, thro- the throwing hand is one of those, one of those injuries where you really need to take it seriously. So if there's a shred of doubt, I think you hold him, you wait until you don't have that shred of doubt. Um, but if he really is ready and he looks like he's ready, send him out there and, and, you know, Dak is Dak, and they, they believe in him for a reason. Which so we create the interesting matchup of, you know, the mobility of both quarterback positions. We just talked about what Jalen Hurts did all season long, but today against the Cardinals, those two rushing touchdowns, and then Prescott's mobility is certainly a missing element to Cohen Moore's offense to open things up even more right now. So Cowboys Nation, it is fairly weak, and it's going to be so much fun to get you ready for that on the heels of another of Cooper Russ win. This team is riding so high with Cooper Russ out here. We did not expect any of this when Prescott went down in week one, but it's great to be talking to you as always. For the fourth row in a week, fourth week in a row after a win on a Monday. So hidden yardage gets you going here on Monday. We have our entire podcast network coming up in the following days. And of course, the BTP Roundtable, which you can sometimes catch David on, coming up on Tuesdays on our YouTube page and, avail- and available afterwards in podcast form as well. Tons to look forward to, bloggingtheboys.com. You'll see David's work. You'll see my work coming out this week. Cowboys 22, Rams 10. I was going to do Cowboys birthdays. It's a thing that Mark usually prepares. I went and checked the list on Pro Football Reference. He'll probably yell at me for this, but I cannot find anybody for October 10th that was a Cowboy. So I do not have Cowboys birthdays ready. So instead, uh, if it's your birthday out there this week, go ahead and tweet to us at Summer and NFL. We're at the real Mark Lane. We're at blogging the boys, and we'll give you a shout out there. Next week, Mark will be back. We'll talk Cowboys Eagles after Sunday night, and we'll do some birthdays then. So, David, thank you for filling in this week. Look forward to seeing what you have in store for Philly Week, as always, and we'll uh, try to keep this mojo going, whether it's Cooper Russ or Dak Prescott. Yeah, thanks for having me, and go Cowboys. Yeah.